This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the world of alpacas, to the podcast for alpaca people. I've been thinking, I, I know, I know, we need to pace ourselves. Maybe musing is a better word. Anyway, I've been musing about how we describe ourselves. When you meet someone new, do you tell them where you're from? Hi, I'm Steve, and I'm from Swansea. Although I grew up in Newcastle and my parents were from... Too much? Hmm. Or do we tell them what we do? Hi, I'm Steve, a podcast coach and alpaca shepherd. Though I used to work in local government as an environmental health officer and spent some time in the chief executive's department working as a policy officer. But that was as a secondment. Again, too much detail? And definitely not the full story. If you are meeting someone new, how long does it take before you mention alpacas? And what shorthand do you use for your identity? We can see ourselves in a particular way, and others maybe see us in a different way again. How do we see ourselves? How do we want to be seen? How do others see us? What words do we choose to use? Are we in or out? Are we on the margins or in the mainstream? Fashions and fads change and bring us to the fore or consign us to history. People turn to alpacas for a variety of reasons. They're cute and unusual and interesting. And there are a lot of other words that could apply. I wonder... What would be your key word to describe alpacas? Answers on a postcard, please. Or an email, or a voice message. Or maybe it was a rhetorical question. But do feel free to answer it if you'd like to. How do you describe yourself? How do you describe alpacas? For alpacas, it can be their nature that we notice. They are calming. They are inquisitive. They are out-and-out nosy. They are friendly, but on their terms. Sometimes we focus on their product, the fleece and fibre. We talk about the colour and the fineness, the crimp and the comfort factor. But how does it actually feel? to touch alpaca fleece. Visitors here to the farm regularly comment on how soft the fleece is. They seem genuinely surprised. I think it's one of its standout characteristics. It's what we know, what we are used to. But I think we may have been spoiled. I think I've probably told you before about a visit to the Royal Welsh Agricultural Show and checking out the sheep fleece. These were the rosette winners. They looked amazing with crimp and creamy staples. But touching it felt like a Brillo pad. 
Okay. I recognize, I'm assuming you know what I mean by a Brillo pad. The point is it was coarse, like wire wool. So how something looks is part, but not all, of what makes a good specimen. Its substance also needs to be true to type. Of course, we have to avoid comparing apples and pears. Sheep fleece and alpaca fleece have similarities, but also many differences, structurally and functionally. Fibre from sheep's fleece has a more scaly surface than alpaca fleece. Alpaca fibres are hollow, making it even lighter and potentially warmer. It is probably helpful to develop a way of talking about alpacas and their fleece. Their conformation. Conformation. How they look, their proportions, the length of neck to the length of back, the length of leg, the angle dropping down through the hip to the toes, straight line. How heavy boned they are, the shape of the head and the ears. This gives us a way of communicating and comparing. Communicating with other breeders, with Anyone we know who will listen to us talk alpacas. I always enjoy the summing up that good judges give at the live alpaca show. I know that's not possible at the moment, but when you get the chance, again, do go and listen and learn. Talking alpacas if we have a few pets is a little different and usually involves the character and personality of the individual animals. What stands out for you? Is it their boldness compared to another? Owena, for example, our large brown female with an insatiable curiosity, always got to have a come and have a sniff at any visitors, is quite distinctively different to little Talia, who tends to be around, but just a little bit at the back, watching on. Lily with the bare ears, she's the one who hates flies and wipes her head everywhere, up and down the fence and on the ground and wears the fleece off. Anyway, Lily is regularly following me in to the tack room as I fill up the buckets with food. Amelia also marches in and tries to help herself. If I have the door open and they've gone in first, then Lily has a reverse. (laughs) You have to get out of the way. But Amelia, she has to turn around to come out. All different and distinct, but also typically alpaca. What is your language, your vocabulary? Where do you get it from? Can I suggest you pay more attention to yourself and how you talk about alpacas and also how others talk about them and describe them? We started thinking about how we describe ourselves and then moved on to our alpacas. Finding the words that fit comfortably will be something I think you will find useful. Happy word hunting. Time for an update on the girls. They were out, way down the far end of the lake, but as I started mucking out and cleaning up, ready to feed them, I hadn't called them at that point, I then heard behind me the distinctive sound of alpaca feet on concrete as they came into the stable surrounds. It's such a distinctive sound, almost a whisper, alpaca pads and light on their feet steps. Nona was first. She likes her food, and was closely followed by her daughter, Ellie. 
who also likes her food. She's the one that's always last to leave the buckets and the troughs because she's clearing up the little crumbs in the corners that the others have left. They were both somewhat damp, having been raining all afternoon, and mother and daughter looked so like each other. Amazing. Ellie normally has much more fleece on the top of her head and coming down around her eyes, and you don't see the resemblance quite as much. But since she was so wet, the head shape was completely clear. And then Nona's son appeared, born this year, Carwin. He too was wet, and his Surrey-like fleece was flatter than normal. But his head, his head said he was part of Nona's family. A little collection of peas in the pod. Fascinating. His fleece? Well, that's a different thing. I'm not quite sure where that's come from. We shall have to wait and see how that develops. It's uh, it's interesting. Very tight, kind of, what? It's not curls, really? It's kind of twists. It's interesting. I don't think it's Surrey, but I just don't know. It looks very different to the other normal Wakaya fleece, but we shall see. Because they were so spread out, the alpacas, and I didn't want to feed the early ones too much, or they would get more than their fair share. Well, then again, perhaps they were first because they were the most hungry. Mm. Anyway, I checked out the stable window to see how the stragglers were doing. There were a few still to come, and there was there was Alice. Slower than normal since she had her back injury in the early part of the year. I still don't know what caused that. So I called the stragglers. Come on, girls. Howie, howie. That's my northern tendencies being expressed in words from my past. And Alice, bless her, started to move quickly and then do that amazing canter that alpacas do. It was such a thrill to see her moving so freely and easily when we had been at the point of giving up on her and calling the vet out. She's still not perfect, but so much better. Her strange haircut, quickly done in the car park, to everywhere I could actually get access because she was just not well enough to restrain in the normal way. And we just wanted to reduce the problem with being exposed to hot weather in the sun. So she doesn't look the part (laughs) of a good alpaca, a good example of an alpaca, but she's doing well, which is good to see. A couple of the older ones looked very skinny when wet. Both Millie and Hermione are still feeding Kriya and are losing some body weight because of it. I just have to see, I'm going to have to make sure I have two coats large enough for them, just in case we get early cold spells before their fleece grows any longer. And it may not this year. Geriatric alpaca care. It brings a whole new set of challenges. We're not there yet, but the age profile continues to slide northwards. Mind you, so does mine. The Kriya are still collecting brambles. Fresh green and the old dry stick stuff, and they get wrapped in the fleece. They've also got wise to being hunted during feeding time for me to remove these said brambles. So I have to try and be a bit canny and take advantage of them wandering into one of the stables. Little Hunneth, or Dit as we often call her, that's Ellie's career for this year, is particularly wary and darts away at the least movement in her direction. (laughs) (laughs) I just have to look her direction. She runs away. She is small and compact, but pretty solid underneath her dark fawn fleece. Definitely on the sweetie list with her long eyelashes. They've all settled well as a group and are developing special friendships too, which is always nice to see. The boys are doing well, 
but a bit disappointed they haven't had a trip down to see the girls in the mating pen this week. Some of the girls seem disappointed too, but have been hanging around at the top of the field we call Bankside, which is nearest to the boys' field. It's helpful to give your fields and paddocks names so you can refer to them and be understood, assuming you have the luxury of someone to talk alpacas with. I hope you do. It is nice to share a passion, isn't it? And finally, alpacas in the news. Revealing more unusual facts about these amazing animals. The BBC reported a football crazy alpaca who got out of his field and ran over to join in the game. This was reported on the 20th of September. You may have seen it in the news. There's a little video clip in the show notes. Alpaca pitch invader disrupts Colton Athletic football match. And it's had about 33,000 views. <laughs> oh, dear. It's a good story, though. It's worth, worth watching the video. The report goes, A football match was disrupted by an unusual pitch invader when an alpaca bounded onto the field. Colton Athletics game against Ilkley Town in West Yorkshire on Saturday was halted for 15 minutes when Oscar escaped from a nearby farm and joined the action. Attempts were made to entice him off the pitch with food before a farmer managed to shepherd it home. Oscar's owner, Jill Howell, told BBC Breakfast that he absolutely adores football. After the unusual delay, Ilkley went on to secure a 2-0 away win. So he ran around for a bit and made quite an impression. The other thing in the news, which again was, uh, it was reported back in June, really, the, the first part of the story, but um, the, the paper has now been published. There's an alpaca in Germany called Tyson. And they've been doing work and developing antibodies to use against COVID-19. Tiny antibodies found in alpacas could hold the key to neutralizing the virus that causes COVID-19 and aid in suppressing a second wave of infections, scientists have said. A study carried out by scientists in Sweden and South Africa have used the tiny antibodies, which are roughly a tenth of the size of a normal antibody and called nanobodies, from an alpaca named Tyson to prevent the virus from binding or infecting a person. Tyson, a 12-year-old alpaca in Germany, was immunized with virus proteins by scientists at the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm. Earlier this month, the team isolated the nanobodies from Tyson's blood that bind to the same part of the virus as human antibodies and could block the infection. Gerald McInerney, head of the team at the Swedish Institute, told Reuters, we know that it is the antibodies that are directed to the same very, very precise part of the virus that are important. And that is what we have engineered with this antibody from Tyson. So interestingly, doing some work with the antibodies from a alpaca, which could prove useful. It's taking longer and everything just takes longer, producing vaccines, etc. But the paper's now been published in Nature. Uh, it was published on the 4th of September. An alpaca nanobody neutralizes SARS-CoV-2 by blocking receptor interaction. It's a bit technical, but the interesting thing is that the, the nanobody, this little antibody thing, uh, is named Taiwan, T-Y-1, uh, presumably after Tyson, which is really lovely, I think. And it's originally reported in the independent newspaper. Again, I'll put links in the, the show notes. So there we go. Alpacas in the news. We shall have to watch and see what, 
happens. Apparently, um, Oscar was invited to the training session for the football team. No idea what that happened. That sounds like publicity stunt to me. And we'll have to see what happens with the antibodies. But it's interesting. The, the, there are certain things that are quite distinct and unusual and hopefully very useful about alpacas. So there we go. Hope you have a good week. And I suggest you go find an alpaca and spend some time with them. I know I'm going to. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day. 